You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Fred Solomon writes, why? I'm sitting here at Target Field. How about that? I'm dumb enough to fly to go watch this team, and I'm disgusted by the non-competitive at-bats. Alvarez, Vientos, Beatty's, Beatty, they all look lost up there. I know it doesn't matter, and my head says they should lose to secure a better draft pick, but it's so goddamn demoralizing watching this team play. Yeah, I, I battle it when I watch these games. I want to see them win. I don't care about draft picks. I care about draft picks, but I don't. You know what I mean? Like, I care about it, but when I'm sitting there on a Friday night watching my baseball team play, it's tough to have that be on my mind, especially with the whole lottery situation. What I am curious about is going to Minnesota. I got on Tiki the other day because Tiki was calling the Vikings-Buccaneers uh, game in Minnesota. So he was there on Friday. So I said to him, well, what are you doing Friday night? He's like, ah, I'm going out for a fancy dinner. A fancy dinner should be a target field watching Kodai. And that's where I disagree with him and basically everyone else on the show. Yes, the Mets stink. But a chance to see another stadium, a chance to see a road game, uh, many, many a road game that I have seen, I have seen in circumstances that are less than ideal in terms of where the Mets are in the standings, okay? <laughs> I know when I saw them in Houston back in 2009 or 10, I forget the year, they were buried, but I wanted to see him play. So to me, when you're going to a visiting stadium, it's different than when you're going to City Field, and it's a kind of game you can go to maybe more frequently because you live here. But when it's a road stadium, I don't know, man. If I had a chance to be in Minnesota this weekend, that wouldn't have worked out for uh, many personal reasons. But if I did, if it was a different scenario, I would love to see the Mets play in Minnesota. I'd love it. I think seeing the Mets play on the road is awesome. I have been to 24 of 30 major league stadiums, and the six I'm missing, one of which is Minnesota, feel like they're very challenging to get to by like, when am I ever going to be there? Unless I plan out a specific trip to go to a specific city to see just the Mets, which is much more difficult to do as a 40-year-old man who's a father of two. Minnesota, Denver, Arlington, those are the few that jump out of me that I have not been to. There is one close one that I haven't been to. Toronto. I've never been to Sky Dome, Rogers Center. I'm sure at some point, that, that one I feel more confident about pulling off. The other big one I haven't seen, which I also feel confident about pulling off once the schedule allows it, is San Francisco. I've never been to the old Pac Bell Park, AT&T Park, whatever the hell they call it now. And that one looks awesome. That one looks like sneaky, maybe a top stadium. Because to me right now, my favorite stadium is PNC Park. All right, a couple of other thoughts from this weekend. The Duran intro. <laughs> for Minnesota's closer. I must say, as a wrestling fan and as a fan of, you know, we, we all enjoy the Edwin Diaz intro from last year. 
We all thought that was pretty badass. It is tremendous. You got the Undertaker music going off. You got the lights flashing. That, that to me, and there are some really good closer intros throughout baseball history. I guess the one that, that jumps out at all of us is Trevor Hoffman, Mariano Rivera. Those are probably the two, and two of the greatest closers of all time. So it's not just great intro. It's great intro for tremendous player. But Johan Duran's intro, and he's had a very good year. He's one of the better closers in all baseball, so we're not doing this over, you know, a nobody. It's, I think it's better. I, I think it's better for two reasons. A, the light aspect of it, and I usually don't like the lights flicking at a baseball game. When the Yankees hit a home run and they flick the lights, I hate it. It makes me feel like I'm having a seizure. I can't stand it. When a guy's coming into the game, so it's in between innings, I don't know, I, I don't mind it as much. Now you got the drama like you're at an NBA game. But if you haven't seen it, they play the Undertaker bell. Then they lower all the lights. Then they start flicking it. And then this other song comes on the pump shop. It's not bad. Makes me uh, think the Mets have to reconsider the Edwin Diaz trumpet thing. No, I'm kidding. Maybe do something with the lights. I don't know why that one doesn't bother me. Like the light thing bothers me. When it's a home run, I'm not sure why, but it doesn't bother me when you're doing the intro to a player coming in. All right, the other story is Mike Trout. I want to address this. So Mike Trout, according to Bob Nightingale, and yes, yes, I know, we all have to kind of, when, when there's a, how do I say this nicely? When there's a Bob Nightingale story, you say it with a grain of salt. You know, you're not necessarily sure if what he's saying is great reporting or Nightingale reporting. But what he put out there was, if Mike Trout indicates to the Angels that he would prefer to move on, that he's ready to kind of give it up in Anaheim, they would be open to a trade. Here's what I find almost comical about this. Mike Trout signed a 12-year, $426 million contract. He is signed until 2030. Think about that. I want to pull up his exact contract under uh, Cott's contract so I can break down how much he's actually making per season. Because you hear that big figure that I just read, but what the hell does that mean? I have to think about it on a year-to-year basis. So here's where it is. All right, I've just pulled it up successfully. He is making not a crazy amount, by the way. It's, that's what's funny. Like It sounds worse when you hear the whole package. It's $35.5 million every single year with a full no trade. So $35 million a year, it's like, oh, okay, all right, it's fine. But he's making that until 2030. Mike Trout right now is actually younger than maybe you think. He's 32 years old, and he just turned 32 years old. So if you do the math on this, 32 years old, let's say 2024 is like a 32-year-old season because he doesn't turn 33 till August. So 24, 25, 26, 27, 28, 29, 30. He's got seven years left on his deal. So 32, 33, 34, 35, 36, 37, 38. So between the ages of 32 and 38, he is making $35.5 million a year, which when you lay it out that way, it's not as scary as it sounds. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. 
For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. But here's what's scary. Mike Trout doesn't play baseball consistently. And it's very difficult to look at a guy, and he is great. He's good. This is not a debating how great Mike Trout is. Even this season in missing half a year, his average was down. He only had 260, had an 860 OPS. Like his numbers weren't Trouty like, but even in his worst season in his the major league career, besides the first 40 games, that ain't bad. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like 260, a pace for 38 home runs and 100 RBIs. Like it's not bad. But it's also tough to imagine. That at 32, 33, 34, 35, 36, 37, he's going to do something he hasn't done really in four years. And I want to take 2020 out because he basically played a full season in 2020. It wasn't a normal full season, but he played 53 games. So it's tough to kind of kill that. But last year, he played 119 games. Okay. Still not enough. He had awesome numbers. I don't want, this is not about his numbers. Mike Trout's amazing. In 2021, he played 36 games. And this season, he's played 82 games. So if you're the Angels, forget the icon status, because that's for them to figure out. This is not something I worry about. If he was an icon on our team, we'd have the debate. We had it about the ground. But if you're thinking strictly from a baseball standpoint, yeah, if I'm going to lose Otani and I'm stuck with Rendon and I got to blow the bad boy up, if Mike Trout wants to move on and I can get some kind of massive haul because he's Mike Trout and I'm getting rid of 32, 33, 34, 35, 36, 37, making $35 million a year. Sure. But there's a couple of caveats to this. Number one, Mike Trout has a full no trade clause. So if Mike Trout says to the angels, I'm ready to move on, that's not the complete sentence. It would be, I'm ready to move on too. And then he could basically tell the team he wants to go to and say to the Angels, and if that doesn't work out, I ain't going anywhere. We have seen players use that power, and he has it. So I guess I have to give an opinion on us, right? Because we're all thinking, okay, well, what about us? I- I'm very mixed because a part of me would say, boy, he is one of the great players of our generation. He has won three MVPs with four other second-place finishes. I say that because that means seven times in his major league career. He has been so good that he has been either the best player in the American League or the second-best player in the American League. So the risk part of me, the gambling part of me, says, I got a chance to get that. Despite everything telling me he's not going to be healthy, sign me up. So my answer to all this is it comes down to what I have to give up. If somehow teams were so turned off by the remainder of this contract that enough teams said, yeah, you know, I know it's Mike Trout, but I can't commit to all that money that's left. And the Angels looked at it as, you know what? We just got to part ways with this contract. And you could get that by just absorbing his contract. Angels aren't paying down a dime. You are absorbing the remainder of that contract I just described. Then. Knowing Cohen's money, I would take that risk most of the time. I would say, hey, it's only a money risk. But 
if it means you have to give up a lot of young prospects that either you just acquired or are part of your farm system, I can't take that risk. <coughs> That's how I view it. Money risk, sign me up. If it fails, eh, it fails. You know what I mean? Okay, cost me a lot of money. Mike Trout wasn't Mike Trout, but I gave it a try. But Jet Williams, no. Luis Angel Acuna, who I just got, no. Drew Gilbert, who I just got, no. So I do it on the, and I don't want to say on the cheap, because I'm taking his contract, which I don't know how major league teams would view that. Like, I don't know how many major league teams would fall all over themselves knowing he hasn't had a real full healthy season in four years. But the biggest concern we all should have is if Mike Trout wants to move on, there's probably one place he's going to be willing to move on to. And that, unfortunately, is in our division with the Philadelphia Phillies, considering his rolling up there, his fandom with the Eagles and all the Philadelphia teams. That would be a major, major risk. So we'll spend more time on that as the offseason approaches. We've got four games coming up against the Arizona Diamondbacks at City Field. I'm excited to get to a game or two. I got shut out of that last homestand with my pneumonia and my sickness and all that crap. So it'll be good to get out there at City Field. I'll tell you one night I won't be at City Field. And that's Monday night because that's a Jets-Bills night, baby. But we'll give you a pod after the series. And also next week, I'm still working on it because I'm examining it. We'll do a deep dive into David Stearns, the potential new president of the New York Mets. You can email the pod anytime, thericob at gmail.com, thericob at gmail.com. We appreciate you listening, especially now. It's September, football's going on. Most people don't care about these Met games, but we will always be here after every Met series. We are loyal to you. Pete's not here because he's working, not because he isn't loyal to you. He's got a great new job. Uh, with the Giants. So every time the Giants plays on location, he's working his tuck us off. So Sundays will be a little bit different because he does the Giant stuff. But he's done a great job all year. Again, RicoB at gmail.com. Thank you very much for listening and downloading Rico Bronia. We hope you enjoyed this episode of the Rico Bronia podcast. It's amazing, isn't it? Make sure you download it now to keep it on you at all times. 